Ah, and we are live. Welcome back to Takes by Fans. We got a great show for you today. As always, we are live every single day at noon Eastern. If you want to watch live, head over to twitch.tv slash Takes by Fans. If you want to watch but not live, head over to our YouTube channel, Takes by Fans. We post all of our shows and clips of the show there on a daily basis. And if you just want to listen, we are on podcasting apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. So, however you want to watch or listen, we've got you covered multiple ways. Alrighty, today is a big old Tuesday, folks, and uh, we've got the play-in tournament, to, uh, play-in game, not an actual play-in tournament like the NBA, but uh, we got the play-in in games tonight, two playing games tonight, two more tomorrow to round out the 64 for March Madness. So today on the show, we're going to be predicting using our algorithm, the two play in tournament games today, play in games tonight, folks in uh, college basketball, March Madness. Y'all know what we're talking about here. We'll use our algorithm to uh, see who's going to win. We'll see what the spreads are, see if we're getting great value. And uh, this is our first true test uh, to see if our algorithm is good to go by Thursday when it all all is there folks all starts to kick off noon Eastern Thursday it's gonna be great so we get our first look at our algorithm we ran our algorithm for the uh, ACC and the Big Ten championship games and it hit it, it uh, told us exactly the winners excuse us folks we are a little, a little under the weather today uh, but we are persevering uh, but the our algorithm hit on the uh, two games that we were able to recreate the conference championship games both hit told us exactly how it played out so that's bingo bango and we're looking to kind of start off our march madness on the right track tonight so we'll use our algorithm predicted two playing games today uh break down the nba from last night and folks we got to talk about free agency i mean man oh man nfl free agency folks it's been going wild it's been going crazy way more disrespect than i thought folks and there's a couple of things that i do want to talk about so we'll talk all that through today we will officially <clears throat> Fill out and uh, use our algorithm for every single game tomorrow on the show. We will go big time into filling out our bracket using our algorithm of choosing the winner and seeing who we come up with winning March Madness based on our algorithm, folks. We're going algorithm heavy, folks, and we are unapologetic about it. Algorithm, algorithm, algorithm. Can't get enough of it. So we'll do that tomorrow on the show when we have a little bit more time. But let's... Put 10 minutes on the clock, let's start in the NBA, and then we will shift gears to the NFL news, and then we will shift gears again to March Madness tonight, folks. So, that's what we've got on the show. Let's get 10 minutes on the clock here and start this puppy, shall we? Here we go. That's the calculator app. That does not help us. All right, here we go. 10 minutes on the clock here. Next 10 minutes, uninterrupted basketball talk of what just happened yesterday in the NBA. Here we go. 10 minutes on the clock, and the 10 minutes start right now. Alrighty, a handful of games on in the NBA last night, and we were loving the value, folks. We had three games that we were stunned by the value. Let's see how it played out. But here we go. First game up here. We got the Clippers at the Cavs and the Cavs getting it done with just Darius Garland out there by himself. And the Cavs get a nice nine point win in overtime, winning 120 to 111. And man, oh man, this Cavs team has just kept surprising us and surprising us and surprising us all season long. You lose 
your number kind of two, number one. I mean, um, Colin Sexton literally could be their number one or number two option. So you lose that right off the rip. And now we don't have our big Jared Allen anymore. And Darius Garland is still, is still putting the team, a li not single-handedly on his back, but to be the facilitator and the scoring option and just everything is kind of dwindling here by this Cavs team because of injuries, but they're still able to overcome it and win. This Cavs team is truly legit, folks, truly legit. And we have to give them way more credit than what we all have been giving them. So I'm glad that we're going to be doing a little bit of a retweak on Friday of our power rankings because I think, I think we may be able to squeeze in the calves. That's what we truly need to be doing right now uh, because this is a really great team. And last night, once again, no Jared Allen, Evan Mobley at the 5, the rookie stepping it up at the 5, 30.6 rebounds. Yeah, yeah, we like Jared Allen and I don't want this to come across as a knock. But Evan, Jared Allen doesn't give us 30 points. Jared Allen gives us a nice 15, a nice 20 here and there. But he doesn't go for a 30. The, the fact that Evan Mobley, the rookie right here, is just filling in seamlessly at the 5. He's been playing the 4 the entire year. So he switches over to the 5 with no Jared Allen. And this man has been all immaculate, folks, every single game without Jared Allen. So once again, this Cavs team, we cannot gush over them enough. Then we had Darius Garland, 24 points, 13 assists. Yeah, I Isaac Okuru, 20 points. Lori Markainen, 17 points. Kevin Love off the bench, 13 points. Nine rebounds in 17 minutes. Karis Levert. Good to go last night coming off the bench. 11 points, 7 rebounds in 25 minutes. Yeah, I'll take that as well. So this Cavs team, folks, man, oh, man, legit, real deal. And they got it done last night. Once again, a little shorthanded. And then for the Clippers, once again, they they haven't been as good as they have been in the beginning of the season. Even kind of that first stretch, first maybe kind of two, three weeks of no Paul George, they were still getting it done. But this is not the team anymore, folks, truly. I think we can start writing off this Clippers team as we, you know, kind of start to wrap up the regular season. We got about 15-ish games left for most of these teams out here. So this Clippers team, I don't see them truly kind of turning it around. We'll see if Paul George and Kawhi Leonard come back. What do we got with this Clippers team in the current standings? Let's get this up here. Uh, Clippers so far at the eighth seed. So it does seem like they are going to at least be in the playing tournament. And we'll see if they're able to do anything in that and after that if they win it. But uh, Clippers last night, we had Zubak leading score, 24 points, 14 rebounds. No Reggie Jackson last night, so Terrence Mann fills in at the 1, 18 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Once again, it's good, but I mean, this just speaks so much highly to this Cavs team, Evan Mobley, Evan Mobley and Darius Garland. I mean, Evan Mobley getting it done, folks. Truly fantastic. Terrence Mann just can't even fill in at the 1 for like one game and get a win, so cannot gush enough over this Cavs team. Give them your respect. I think they deserve it. Cavs get the win last night, 120-111. to 111. All right, next game up here is the Blazers at the Hawks, folks. And, man, oh, man, once again, we still don't know if this Hawks team is good. Yes, they get the win, but it was close against the Blazers team that has absolutely nobody, folks. Nobody. Anthony Simons was not playing last night, and the Blazers had the lead going into halftime, a big lead. 
and the Hawks overtook that lead in the second half and, uh, you know, kind of controlled the game all throughout the second half, but they didn't cover the spread, and they only won by uh, nine points last night, folks. I think the spread was at 14-ish. Uh, uh, so the Hawks get the win, don't cover the spread. They win 122 to 113. Once again, truly reliant on Trey Young. He went for 46 points, 12 assists, and six rebounds. I mean, we know that this Hawks team is truly reliant, but once again, I mean, all year long, we have seen this Hawks team not be as good as they were last season. And uh, where they get to the Eastern Conference Finals last season, like it, it, this is not where you want to be for this Hawks team. Truly disappointing. Uh, maybe not even getting into the playoffs. How crazy is that that this Hawks team may not even get into the playoffs here? They're currently at the ninth seed uh, in the Eastern Conference, so they are in the playing tournament still kind of able to get knocked out of the playing tournament, but uh, we'll see if they're able to win the playing tournament. I don't even know if I even like them to win a game in the playing tournament, but we'll see. It's going to be real stiff competition. I mean, if the season ended today, the Hawks play the Hornets round one. And yeah, I I can't, I'm not confident that the Hawks beat the Hornets. We know this Hornets team is very offensive explosive and they catch stride. Yeah, they're beating the Hawks round one. But let's say the Hawks do beat the Hornets and then they move on to the next round. They either have to face the Raptors or the Nets. So yeah, good luck facing the Nets and beating the Nets and even the Raptors. Nick Nurse in a kind of clutch scenario. I'm kind of taking them. So this Hawks team team man oh man big time disappointing and I don't even know if they get into the playoffs this season folks that would be absolutely insane so Trey Young did his thing last night uh Clint Capella still letting us down he had eight points he did have 16 rebounds we'll give him that but man oh man we need some offensive points besides Trey Young out here Bogdan Bogdanovich still coming off the bench didn't shoot well last night one of eight from the three four nine points all right, and then for the Blazers last night, this is their starting lineup, folks. And let me, uh, I'm going to read the starting lineup, and y'all tell me if this is a good starting lineup that should have been competitive against this Hawks team. Are y'all ready? Brandon Williams at the one, Josh Hart at the two, CJ Ellaby at the three, Trendon Watford at the four, and Drew Eubanks at the five. Does that sound like any greatness right there? Did I name any superstars, any all-stars, any elite players? No. You can maybe, 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 folks, big maybe make the argument that Josh Hart is something. But it's an argument at the end of the day. At the end of the day, he went for 31.7 rebounds. Well done. Trent Wofford, 22 points, 9 rebounds. And Drew Eubank, 16 points, 10 rebounds at the 5. That was pretty nice as well. But couldn't close out the game. They lose 122 to 113. All right, next game up here. We got the Nuggets and the 76ers. And man, oh man, this 76ers team, what the hell is going on? Losing against the better teams in the league consistently. This is not what we want to be seeing from the 76ers team at the current moment. They're going to have to get it figured out. And once again, the narrative surrounding James Harden and Joel Embiid, I don't like to feed into those narratives. I truly don't. But I mean, we can't, uh, we really can't disagree with what we are seeing and potentially going to see in the playoffs of James Harden falling off a cliff and Embiid with Joel fatigue and all that. So 76ers lose against the Nuggets last night. Potential MVP matchup between Jokic and Embiid and Jokic gets the better of them by four and wins 114 to 110. So truly 
uh, starting to get nervous on the 76ers team. And once again, I mean, I think we may have gotten it wrong. It seems like every single day, every single game, it truly is looking like the Nets did win the trade. So I think we owe a little, you know, some people an apology out here uh, for how kind of double down we were on the 76ers winning the trade. But we may have been wrong here, folks, and I'm getting real nervous about this team. James Harden last night, 24 points, 11 assists, 9 rebounds, classic James Harden. Tyrese Maxey, 19 points on 53% shooting. That was good. Joel Embiid, 34 points, but only 9 rebounds. Only 9 rebounds last night? We never really see that by Joel Embiid. This is light right there. 9 rebounds is light for the man. What is the difference? Uh, is it, you know, Joke getting it done? 22 points, 8 assists, 13 rebounds? I mean, there it is. So, uh, Bones Highland also gets it done. And once again, don't disrespect Bones Highland, folks. We know this man is on the come up. Bones Highland, Brent Forbes coming off the bench has been fantastic for this Nuggets team. And uh, last night was no different for Bones Highland. 21 points, 4 rebounds. Absolutely fantastic. Brent Forbes let us down a little bit. He only took 5 shots, had 5 points. Uh, but still a plus 10 in 12 minutes on the floor. So, we will absolutely take that. Aaron Gordon doing nothing. <laughs> Once again, still doing nothing. A minus 13 on the floor. The worst in the game. Seven points on only six shots. Classic Aaron Gordon. So, once again, Jokic not having a lot to work with out here. Winning games. Beating, you know, Joel Embiid. Another MVP candidate. Beating James Harden. Beating an elite 76ers team in the Eastern Conference. Got to give the Nuggets team credit. Got to give Jokic credit towards that MVP. And also, let me shout out this before we move off the game. Uh, big time disappointed in George's Niang last night. This man looked absolutely atrocious last night. Minus 19 on the floor for the 76ers. Worst on the team. And the man shot 16% for only 8 points. And the... Um if you see any highlights from this game, I'm sure you see at the very end where George's Niang attempted a game-tying three, and it was the worst shot I have ever saw. And then he gets the ball back and does a nice floater, but that's too strong, and that doesn't go either. So George's Niang made a little bit of a clown of himself last night, and I have not gotten over it um, since then. So George's Niang letting us down. This entire 76ers team letting us down. Do we have to look at coaching? Once again, coaching. Why is this team struggling? They've got too much talent to not win these games a little consist uh, convincingly. So, 76ers, folks, we're starting to get concerned. Nuggets get the win by four, winning 114 to 110. All right, that is our all our 10 minutes, and what did we get through? Three games? What the hell? Jeez Louise. All right, let's uh, try to crank it up a little bit for the rest of these games up here. Next game up, we got the Hornets at the Thunder. Hornets take care of business, winning 134 to 116. But once again, Shea Gillis-Alexander by, by himself out there? I mean, what do we got? An 18-point loss? Yes, this is bad, but it's still a little impressive that it's still a little decently competitive. I know 18 points is a blow, folks. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. But I mean, still putting up 116 points, losing by less than 20. I, I think I count that as a little of a, a accomplishment by Shea Gillis-Alexander out here. And once again, 32 points, five assists, eight rebounds. He truly tries to get it done himself. There's just nothing else good on this Thunder team. And then for the Hornets last night, LaMelo Ball, 21 points, 7 assists. Terry Rozier, 30 points, 6 rebounds. Mason Plumlee, the classic 5 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. And then Miles Bridges with the amazing 27 points to help out. Bench was fantastic. Isaiah Thomas, 12 points, 4 assists. Cody Martin, 11 points. Kelly Oubre Jr., 11 points. So scoring was coming from everywhere uh, by the Hornets last night. And uh, they win this game like we knew they, they should. Uh, you know, this is a team that the Hornets can beat. Definitely a Thunder team. 
But uh, shout out to the Thunder a little bit for keeping it decently, decently competitive. Hornets get the win, though, 134 to 116. All right, then we get the Timberwolves at the Spurs, and this was one of our fantastic values of the night here, folks. Timberwolves minus four and a half. They win by 10. No problem. Really no sweat. This Timberwolves team was was kind of leading the entire game. Got a little close rubber banding from like five to two point lead, but they get it done in the clutch in the fourth quarter. We're, we never have to second guess this Timberwolves team. So Timberwolves get it done. Anthony Edwards still, you know, letting us down big time. Five points on 28% shooting. But once again, why you should be buying the Timberwolves more. Yes, the Anthony Edwards uh, floundering is alarming. But everybody else stepping it up, this is why we like the Timberwolves. But let's shout out Carl Anthony Towns first. Because, uh, man, oh, man, the NBA record high for the season in points last night by Carl Anthony Towns. 60 points, 60 points on 61% shooting. 7 of 11 from three he won the three-point contest folks we saw that and the man has been stunting ever since 7-11 from three 60.17 rebounds oh my goodness manic absolutely manic D'Angelo Russell still able to get 19.6 assists. Patrick Beverly, who we never see score the ball like this, on a Carl Anthony Towns 60-point career-high night. We get Patrick Beverly adding 20 points to the pot. I mean, this is just absolutely fantastic. Jalen Noel coming off the bench, 15.6 rebounds. Teron Prince coming off the bench, 13 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. It's just absolutely immaculate. We're loving this Timberwolves team. They're digging down deep in the... Back end stretch of the regular season, looking to secure a playoff spot. They don't want to play in the play-in tournament. And, man, oh, man, we got to give this Timberwolves team credit for truly turning the corner. This is a team that needs to be on your radar. Shout out to them. And then for the Spurs, just not able to put it all together. DeJounte Murray had a fantastic game, 30 points, 12 assists. Keldon Johnson had a great game as well, 34 points, 8 rebounds. But man, oh man, that does not stack up to the 60-point night that Carl Anthony Towns had. Timberwolves get the win. They cover the spread. Bingo, bango, great value. They get the win, 149 to 139. All right, then we get the Wizards at the Warriors. Warriors get the nice win here, 126-112. to 112. Once again, with uh, Porzingis in the starting lineup, the Wizards lose the game. Not good. Kyle Kuzma, 11 points on 33% shooting. Porzingis, 25 points. Led the team in scoring eight rebounds. Led the team in rebounds. Still a minus two on the floor. Yikes, not good enough for the Wizards. But for the Warriors, Steph Curry, 47 points, six assists, six rebounds. Unfortunately, Carl Anthony Towns had a little bit more points, so it just swept the Curry under the rug and nobody's talking about curry today unfortunate we had clay thompson a little back on his groove 20 points jordan Poole in the starting lineup 20 points jonathan kaminga 12 points eight rebounds and once again this warriors team getting great help from kind of their other emerging role players jordan Poole, jonathan kaminga well done we also had draymond green making his return last night not in the starting lineup coming off the bench but six points six assists seven rebounds a plus 24 in 20 minutes that was a highest plus minus for the game last night so draymond green getting back into it warriors trending up absolutely they get the win 126 to 112 all right, next game up here, and this is what killed the value. We had an incredible night. We thought we got great value, but leave it to the Bulls. Leave it to the Chicago Bulls to ruin a great night of value. And even, even we took off the board, folks. We had this on the board. Warriors minus 12.5. They win by 14. That would have covered, but we took that one off because we were so confident in the, the Timberwolves, the Bulls. Unfortunately, the Bulls don't cover, and the Bucks. The Bucks did cover and there's an interesting story to talk about this Bucks team because it's absolutely crazy. Uh, 
But yeah, bulls, bulls, bulls. This is who everybody was loving. Remember, folks, we're not going to let y'all live that down. Y'all were clamoring over the bulls, saying the bulls were so good. All that, best team in the league. DeMar DeRozan was MVP, all that, folks. That's when we knew that this team was going to start floundering because y'all overcorrected. Y'all overcorrected. Stop, stop overcorrecting. If you make a mistake, that's fine. Admit the mistake. We did that. We did that with the Nets. But we didn't overcorrect. We put them at number eight in our power rankings. We didn't shoot them all the way up to the top five, top three because you don't have to overcorrect. Admit that you're wrong. Once again, that's something that we all need to learn to do. Admit when you are wrong because when you don't admit that you're wrong, then you get the overcorrection. Then you get the tripling down, digging in your heels, making yourself look foolish, folks. Just admit that you are wrong. We were a little wrong on the Nets 76ers trade and who won it a little bit at the current moment. Uh, but, hey, we, we admitted it. We're moving on. We're retooling our thinking. We're giving praise to the Nets in our power rankings. We're not overcorrecting, folks, okay? So, Bulls could not even beat the Kings last night, folks. Absolutely trash. Like, this Bulls team didn't even, I don't even think they had the lead. Oh, was there one lead change here? One lead change, folks. Do you know what that means? Do you know what one lead change means, folks? It's 0-0, zero, zero, and then there it is. There's the lead change. 2 nothing. There it is. That's the one lead change. Kings scoring the first bucket. That was the only lead change. They held the game for the entire game, and y'all are telling me that that uh, DeMar DeRozan needs to be MVP and that this Bulls team is good, folks. Remember, they only had six quality wins at the All-Star break, and that was so shockingly low compared to the other 14 teams that we were looking at, folks. This is not a good Bulls team. They are not good. We know this for certain now, and we will not be fooled by this Bulls team for the rest of the year. Shame on you, Chicago, for ruining a great betting night. Absolutely a abysmal absolutely you should be ashamed of yourselves and we are not going to give this Bulls team really any more of our attention here so Kings get the win well done for them Sabonis getting a win and you even you even got beat by Sabonis that's what makes it all worse Chicago you got beat by Sabonis who could not beat anybody his entire career with the Pacers come on do better Chicago damn y'all damn y'all so the Kings last night, Sabonis, 22.7 rebounds. We had De'Aaron Fox going crazy, 34 points, 6 assists, 6 rebounds. Dante DiVincenzo making his way into the starting lineup here. 15 points, 4 assists, 7 rebounds. And once again, why did the Bucks let this man go? It makes no sense. I hated it, but he's getting it done for the Kings. So I'm all, I'm all good with the Kings being good now. I like De'Aaron Fox. We want to see Sabonis shine a little bit. And Davian Mitchell, you know, the rookie, getting it done. 16 points, 2 steals, 2 assists, 2 rebounds coming off the bench. So Kings get it done. DeMar DeRozan, 21 points on 41% shooting. No threes attempted because a man can't hit a three. We know this. Zach Levine, 27 points. Uh, Vucevic, 23 points, 10 rebounds, just not enough. Ao let us down. Ao in the starting lineup uh, let us down last night, 6 points. Kobe White, 13 points coming off the bench, all that. But, uh, man, oh, man, this Bulls team, they've got some talent, but they don't win games, and they can't beat the better teams, and they can't even beat the Kings now. What the hell is going on? Kings get the win, 112 to 103. All right, here we go. Next game up here. and We love this Valley, folks, and I cannot believe what y'all did here, folks. I cannot believe what y'all did here. We were talking up the Bucks, talking up the Bucks, talking up the Bucks all day during the show. It was at Bucks uh, minus one and a half when we were talking about it. As we were talking about it, it went to Bucks minus two, so y'all were uh, taking the points with the Jazz for some reason. I still don't understand. 
And then the show ended, folks, right? And we all went about our days and all that. And then, and then, about an hour before tip-off, I go to check DraftKings Sportsbook. And what the hell do I see? What the hell do I see y'all did, folks? Y'all bet this from Bucks minus two to Bucks plus two. What the hell were y'all thinking? Did y'all not listen to the show? We told you Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. Yes, we love this. We know the Jazz are frauds. We just dropped them from number one to number nine, ten in our power rankings. This is a fraudulent Jazz team. We know this. And what happened last night? The Bucks win by six. They cover the minus two. They cover the minus one and a half. And obviously, they cover the plus two there. So whenever, however, you locked it in last night, you won, baby, because the Bucks are legit and the Jazz are frauds, okay? Man, I couldn't believe it. Bucks plus two. It was so great, folks. I double betted this game. I took it at Bucks minus two after the show. And then a little bit later, I saw y'all get it up to Bucks plus two. And I couldn't miss out on that value. What are you, crazy? If you're going to throw value at me, folks, I'm going to eat up that value. I will eat up that value. I will eat up that value like pigs at the slop a trough. The pigs, I mean, they look forward to that that uh, fresh trough every single day. That's all they can really kind of live for and look forward to that's what I do when I see great value I will eat and I will sit at that trough to that value is depleted since I've eaten up all the value there's no value left I leave the trough and just wait 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 till the next day for the trough to get refilled with great value and then I'm back at it I'm eating up eating up the slop I love the slop I live in the slop I'm slopping it up over here folks I will slop up the value and not be sorry not be ashamed I you will see see me standing at the trough every single morning. I'll be the first piggy at the trough. I know the value is coming, folks. We just have to wait for it to come in bucks plus two, folks. Man, oh man, what value. <clears throat> So Bucks get the win, 117-111 to 111 over the Jazz last night. Giannis, 30 points, 15 rebounds. Chris Middleton, 23 points on 43% shooting. Absolutely fantastic. Bobby Port is still in the starting lineup, 7.6 rebounds, having... Brooke Lopez coming coming off the bench. He only played 14 minutes last night. Six points, only run one rebound. Once again, let's not panic. He'll be fine. He'll get right back into the groove. We're not worried about it. And then Drew Holiday getting it done last night as well. Really great game by him. 29 points, five steals, seven assists, and four rebounds. Enough to get it done. But once again, the guard play, the guard play is going to hurt this Bucks team. We know this. I can see it already. We saw it in kind of spurts. When the starters went to the bench and they really had nothing great coming, uh, when, yeah, when all the starters went off the bench, went to the bench and all the bench comes on the floor, uh, the bench uh, it was looking real bad. The guard play of the bench, so this was the biggest beef there. And like we've been saying, folks, you get Brook Lopez back now, you're not even going to be playing Serge Ibaka. He played seven minutes last night. Serge Ibaka's time with this Bucks team is done. And what do you have to show for it? A couple of wins when Brooke Lopez was out. Bobby Portis was still able to carry it. So I just don't understand. Uh, I thought it was a real kind of rush decision. A real re reactionary decision. And we just saw what Dante DiVincenzo did last night for the Kings. Really great production. If you put this on this Bucks bench, yeah, yeah, we've got a great team. But ugh, this Bucks team, we know we love them. We, they can beat anybody every, any given night. But in the seven-game series, when you're going to have to go to the bench here, this could be their downfall, folks. So don't say we didn't warn you if this Bucks team cannot repeat because they don't have any good guard depth on the bench. 
they really need Pat Compton back ASAP to try to try to kind of uh, uh, hide hide the wound a little bit, a little bit. All right, but then Jazz last night once again not great. Can't clutch it up. Donovan Mitchell played really well, twenty nine points, eight assists. Rudy Gobert played good, eighteen points, fourteen rebounds. Pretty solid play by him. Mike Connolly twenty nine points, but the bench by the Jazz was a little abysmal last night. Jordan Clarkson a minus twenty one on the floor. <laughs> That's never good. Hassan Whiteside, three points. Uh, Rudy Gay, five points. So, you know, the the bench that we gush over, Hassan Whiteside, Jordan Clarkson, Rudy Gay, they all floundered last night and can't get it done for the Jazz, and the Bucks end up taking advantage and getting the win. Bucks win 117-111. And then the last game last night here, Raptors at the Lakers. Lakers are trash. We know this, and they lose by 11 at home against this Raptors team. 114-103 win for the Raptors last night. Scotty Barnes, 21 points, 9 rebounds. Siakam, 27 points, 11 rebounds. Precious back at the five, uh, yeah, back at the five, 10 points, 11 rebounds. Gary Trent Jr., 28 points. Fred Van Vliet, 11 points on 21% shooting, not efficient, but seven assists, seven rebounds. We will absolutely take it. And then for the Lakers last night, LeBron, 30 points, nine rebounds. And that was it. Uh, second leading score was Taylor Horton Tucker off the bench with 20 points. And then Russell Westbrook, uh, four points, four assists. Or 14 points, excuse me. 14 points, 4 assists, 8 rebounds, 1 turnover, a plus 4 on the floor in 34 minutes. Not able to win. And Malik Monk letting us down 8 points and 8 shots. Why is this man not demanding, commanding the ball more? We don't understand. But uh, until he does, the Lakers will keep losing like they are. And they lost last night, 114-103. to 103. Alrighty, that was all the NBA from last night to go over. Now let's see if we can redeem ourselves, folks, because I was feeling so confident on those three great values. Uh, Timberwolves minus four and a half, they win by ten. Bucks minus two, minus one and a half, plus two, doesn't matter, they win by six. And then the Bulls minus three and a half, losing by what? What do we got there, like ten-ish? Just, oh my God, nine. I mean, it was just, it was really pathetic to watch last night, folks. I was uh, right from the get-go. Like we said, they they won right from the jump. <laughs> it was just pathetic. This Bulls team is absolutely pathetic, folks. All right. So let's see if we can make up for a little bit. Got to get, uh, got to get redeemed because uh, that was just, it, it was a little brutal last night. We'll just put it like that. A little brutal last night. Um, all right. But here we go. What do we got on tap tonight, folks? Only four games on, so, uh, you know, not a, not too much value to kind of pick through. So hopefully it uh, hits us in the face and we're feeling confident about it. But let's see what we've got on tap tonight. First game up is the Nets at the Magic. Nets minus 10. Magic plus 10. Nets on the road, so we get Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons still not making his debut. Wake up, Ben. You must get acclimated before the playoffs start. There's going to be no wiggle room in the playoffs because so far you're in the playing tournament. So there's going to be no wiggle room right from the get-go. Ben Simmons, get your butt on the floor, especially against this Magic team. I mean, go and eat against this Magic team. This is the team to do it against. Damn you. Ben Simmons, truly, he's getting a little under our skin, folks. Play, play, play. The man is not injured. Do not get that confused. Well, oh, he didn't play for the for the 76ers because he was injured. No, he had his feelings hurt, folks. That's the only reason why he didn't play for the 76ers. We get LaMarcus Aldridge out, so their uh, bench uh, bigs will be a little uh, not great. And Seth Curry is a game-time decision. For the Magic, we get uh, Jalen Suggs out. That's basically it. Uh, but, yeah, I think we're going to go with the Nets minus 10 here. The Nets, when we get Kevin Durant and Kyrie doing their thing, this Magic team, they just overperformed, yes? Didn't they just overperform against somebody? 
their last game. They almost beat the 76ers, lost by two in overtime. So that was the, kind of their big performance. They'll go back to being trash. Nets minus 10. Large value, but we will swallow it. Yes, sir. All right. That one, <coughs> Excuse us. Once again, a little under the weather, folks. A little, little bit. A little bit. All right, here we go. Next game up here. Grizzlies at the Pacers. Grizzlies minus seven. Pacers plus seven. All right, we love this Pacers team very, very much. Um, they're getting it done. They're competitive. So seven here seems like good value. Let's see who's in and out. Ooh, John Morant is a game-time decision. Ooh, I don't like the Grizzlies without John Morant. He's their facilitator, and I don't know if anybody can truly step up and fill that role if John Morant is out. For the Pacers, we get Malcolm Brogdon, a game-time decision, and Goga Batazzi, also a game-time decision here. But, uh, you know, I like this Pacers team. They're at home. Um, are they still kind of eligible to try to get into a playing tournament here? Uh, what do we got? Pacers, where art thou? Where art thou? Pacers, right here, 13th seed. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're like 11 games back. It's still possible, but it's probably not going to happen here. Uh, but the Pacers, they've been keeping games close here. Even when they're getting down big bad and the season's basically over for them, they don't throw in the towel. I mean, we saw it against that Hawks game, the last game that they played. Uh, it was like Pacers plus 12.5, great value. And they were kind of getting blown up by like 20 plus, like midway in the game. But they fought, they stayed in it, and uh, ended up only losing by three. So I think I'm taking the seven here with the Pacers. We know the Grizzlies are great, but there is one thing that we have been noticing. Haven't really been the greatest at closing out games. Uh, so kind of need to shore that up a little bit. And Grizzlies on the road kind of exacerbates that. So we're going to kind of take a little bit of a risk here. Let's bet on this Pacers team getting seven points. I think that's enough here. Grizzlies probably win three or four, five maybe. But I think seven is going to be just a little too much here for them to cover. And we'll take the plus seven with the Pacers. All right, then we get the Pistons at the Heat. Pistons plus 13, Heat minus 13, and another team that we love here. The Pistons, and they're getting points. But this is not good. Cade Cunningham is a game-time decision with an illness. Oh, maybe we got the same illness. I wouldn't. I, I could not play basketball right now. I would not be able to be efficient in my health to play a full NBA game. I didn't even think I was going to make it through the entire show here, folks. And, uh, you know, let's knock on wood because we still got about another half hour to go. So, yeah, I, I'm a little drained right now folks so if Cade Cunningham is feeling like I'm feeling he's not going to be performing well tonight and he's truly the main engine the main engine on this Pistons team it's not Jeremy Grant anymore it's this is Cade Cunningham's team so until he is a hundred percent good to go let's quickly take a look at NBA Fantasy Labs because if Cade Cunningham is good to go yeah I'm, I'll, I'll take the th uh, plus 13 absolutely uh, we get CJ McCollum good to go here today. CJ, uh, Cade Cunningham is questionable Tuesday. So game time decision an hour ago, questionable. So uh, just can't really buy into that. But uh, stay, stay glued to our Twitter. At takes by fans because we may tweet out we will take the Pistons plus the 13. We just need confirmation that Cade Cunningham is playing. And uh, they are facing the Heat. And we know the Heat are good. But once again, like the Grizzlies, this Heat team also has issues closing out games. Not the Bucks, And that's why the Bucks are really kind of big. And why they may be able to overcome their lackluster guard depth. Because this Bucks team closes out games better than anybody. And we literally saw that last night against the Jazz. Because that game was going back and forth. That was not the Bucks dominating from, you know, start to finish. Uh, the Jazz had a couple of leads here, but the Bucks close out in the fourth quarter. That makes them so great. 
Heat have trouble doing so. Uh, but we need confirmation uh, on Cade Cunningham before we bet this game. So we will stay away from it uh, for now. But this Pistons team getting points, folks, that's always great. Especially getting plus 13. It's immaculate value, folks. All right, and then the last game of the night here, Suns at the Pelicans. Suns minus 4.5, Pelicans plus 4.5 here. All right, is CJ McCollum all good to go? We just read that, so hopefully, yes. Uh, what did we say? Did, he, did we say good? Yes, available. Perfect. Now we just need Brandon Ingram. Please, hopefully, hopefully this gets us uh, – hopefully Brandon Ingram's good, is good, good to go as well. Uh, but Brandon Ingram is out, so there we go. <laughs> we'll stay away from betting the Pelicans here. We still like this Pelicans team. There is still bad ability with them, but we need everybody, everybody good to go here, <clears throat> especially Brandon Ingram. CJ McCollum is good, don't get me wrong, but we need that big three. This Pelicans team will not have the big three. And then for the Suns, everybody's good to go, but Chris Paul obviously still out, and Cameron Johnson is also still out here. So this Suns team has been rolling, absolutely rolling. <clears throat> Without Chris Paul, Cameron Payne has been filling in absolutely fantastically. Devin Booker doing his thing. DeAndre Ayton playing out of his mind, out of his mind, knowing he has to step up to be a nice scorer out here. So I'm going to take the Suns minus four and a half. We love the Pelicans. I this I don't want this to come off as disrespectful because we have been talking up the Pelicans the last couple of weeks, but we need them at full strength to truly bet on them. So we'll, we'll take the Suns minus four and a half. All right. All right, so here we go. I mean, we are potentially taking every single game tonight, folks. And uh, as we're talking, the Nets go, was was it minus 10? Because now it's at minus 10 and a half. I think it went up a little bit. Uh, but potentially taking all four games on tonight. Solid value all throughout here. We're taking the Nets minus 10 and a half. The Pacers plus the 7. Suns minus 4 and a half here. And we will take the Pistons plus 13 if Cade Cunningham is good to go. All right, so ready to redeem ourselves a little bit here in the NBA. We still hit two of three, which is still good. 66% is good, but, you know, the Bulls truly, I mean, truly stuck it to us, folks. We were talking up yesterday big time, and, I'm, I, you know, I've got no problem talking it up like that because that's how it should be talked up. The Bulls should have won that game. They're just so trash now, we understand. Uh, you know, we... we we knew they were trash against the good teams, but we thought they could still get it done against the bad teams, but they still couldn't, so... Man, oh man, the can the, the Bulls, folks. It's just, it's abysmal. It's dis it's disgraceful, abysmal. It's it's hard to watch. It's everything, folks. So, but looking to hit that hundred percent. Obviously, there's nothing better than hundred percent, and that's what we strive for. So we're looking to do that tonight. One last time here. Nets minus ten and a half. Pacers plus the seven, and the Suns minus four and a half. Alrighty, that is all the NBA we had to go over for today, so now let's shift gears to the NFL, where there's free agency popping off, folks, and tons of stories to talk about here, so let's talk about what has been going on in the NFL with free agency, it's still going on right now, so we'll see if there's any breaking news as well, but there's a lot of noise going around in the NFL, new teams getting new players players signing to their same team getting better and all that so let's see who's making a splash and spending some money in free agency and the first story I want to talk about here is Aaron Rodgers. He finally got the deal uh, out there. We knew there was a deal done uh, or going to get done by Aaron Rodgers confirming that. We just didn't know what the deal entailed. And now we have the deal and the money and the numbers. And uh, Aaron Rodgers, folks, you know, may have kind of got caught in a little bit of a lie. A little bit of a lie here. <clears throat> Let me bring this up. Before we talk these numbers, um, uh, I gotta, 
I forgot to bring this up before the show. I had it on my phone. Got to see if I can bring it up here and find the right uh, website. Uh, let me see. This should bring us to it. Let me see. Um, nope, nope. I want to do this. Highest, uh, oh yeah, let me do this. Here we go. This will get it to us, folks. This keyword right here. Um, here we go. <clears throat> highest, nope, highest contracts. Got to see the contract numbers because, uh, Aaron Rodgers, remember, folks, he said that he did not want to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Remember, we knew that Aaron Rodgers was coming back, returning to Green Bay, because Aaron Rodgers told Pat McAfee, and on Pat McAfee's show, he said, hey, Aaron Rodgers is coming back. And then Ian Rappaport, or somebody big like that, a, a checkmark verified account here, uh, said, hey, Aaron Rodgers wants to kind of be the highest-paid player in the NFL and all that, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, once again, went uh, um, on Pat McAfee and told Pat McAfee that was, quote, categorically false. But now we have the numbers here by Aaron Rodgers. So here it is. On first read, the Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers' new contract he gets. He gets $42 million this year, 2022, $59 million next season, and $49 million in 2024. So that's $150 million over the next three years, and the first two are fully guaranteed at signing. So Aaron Rodgers is, get, is getting paid a lot of money, but it is a team-friendly deal, and that is something that we also heard about the Aaron Rodgers contract. It was going to be a little bit of a team-friendly deal, and these numbers don't look like team-friendly deals, uh, but it is because they converted most of it to a signing bonus, so it doesn't affect the cap, and actually, the Packers saved $18 million against the cap this season by converting everything to a signing bonus by Aaron Rodgers, so Aaron Rodgers is getting paid a lot of money, absolutely, but it is still a little bit of a team-friendly deal, so both, both parties were a little bit right. Aaron Rodgers did want to be one of the highest-paid quarterbacks, we're going to look at the numbers in a second, but also Ian Rappaport uh, you know, kind of being right as or no, it was Ian Rappaport being right that Aaron Rodgers wanted to be one of the highest paid quarterbacks, and also Aaron Rodgers a little bit right saying, hey, I know that's not really it, and it's a little bit of a team friendly deal and all that. So both people parties are a little bit right, um, in their own kind of uh, in their own right in their own accord. I don't know if that word works, but I'm using it because I think it does, but I'm not sure. But both parties are right in their own accord. Yes, we'll see. Um. But once again, it's Aaron Rodgers telling half-truths like we know. Um, you know, Ian Rapport, a little bit of a half-truth as well. But, I mean, you know, we're focusing on Aaron Rodgers because we see the half-truth every time the man opens his mouth. He's the Riddler. We know this. So, Aaron Rodgers getting $150 million. Let's see where that stacks up against kind of all the other big names here quarterback-wise. So Aaron Rodgers currently valued at $150 million on his contract. Obviously, that's not the highest because we get Dak Prescott at $160 million. We get Deshaun Watson still at $156 million. The Josh Allen at $250 million. Obviously, that's a lot of more years. That's six years, so that inflates the number a little bit. And then, obviously, the Patrick Mahomes, $450 million over 10 years. But, but the average value for the year, Aaron Rodgers is the highest. He's getting $50 million 
million average, where Patrick Mahomes is the second highest at 45. So in that regard, Aaron Rodgers is kind of the highest paid quarterback, right? Highest paid player. So Aaron Rodgers calling that categorically false? No, it's not categorically false. It's not 100% true. It, it, like that number isn't 100% true because it is still a little bit of a team-friendly deal. So that's where Aaron Rodgers kind of, you know, uses you know, language and wording. And folks, I'm telling y'all, y'all must look at their language. Look at their language. People simplify. People oversimplify language, folks, to uh, uh, like a trillion percent. We try not to do that, you know, here on the show. I like using language. I like seeing the words. So, you know, uh, you know how, how people are feeling and all that, looking at their wording and what language they're doing. We talk about charge language all the time. Aaron Rodgers calling that claim categorically false. That is charge charged language a little bit by doubling down that it's not just false, it's categorically false, making you, you know, us, you know, that we believed in that, that Aaron Rodgers wanted to be the highest paid player, a little bit of gaslighting, being, no, that's, you You thought I wanted to be the highest paid player, that's categorically false, a little bit in, like implying, you know, you, you're wrong and you're crazy for even thinking thinking that and all that so that's what I'm talking about in language in charge language and I, I, I truly stress um, I'm watching the show on Hulu and it is absolutely fantastic and it truly ties into language folks um, like uh, like uh, there's no denying the language and it's so crazy because I preached it and I literally watched this episode last night I'm like that's that's what I'm that's what I'm talking about like literally like how do people not see this like that's what I'm trying to show you language is so important do not oversimplify language folks but watch Dope Sick on Hulu, folks. Dope Sick. It is absolutely fantastic about the Oxycontin and uh, Purdue Pharma. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But, I mean, the big wigs over there at Purdue Pharma trying to kind of, you know, mask their drug as effective when everybody knew it wasn't. It was causing uh, caused the opioid, opioid crisis. But the... The big wigs at Purdue were looking at ways to change the language on the label to make the product look good. They were dancing around the language of the label, folks. So please look at language and everything. Decipher the language. Use language to your advantage as well. You know, language is a powerful tool. Always use the language to your benefit, folks. Language. I'm telling y'all, I cannot stress language enough. Language is everything, folks. Do not oversimplify your language. But back to all the money here, Aaron Rodgers getting $50 million average a year. That's highest in the NFL. So, once again, Aaron Rodgers, that's not categorically false. It's not. You are, you know, and we all know Aaron Rodgers wants the respect and wants the recognition and money and recognition. They do go hand in hand. So, we, you know, when we first heard that, oh, Aaron Rodgers wants to kind of be the highest paid player, you know, we weren't like, oh, my God, that's what? what? That's crazy. Why would he want to be the highest paid player? Like, he doesn't deserve it or, you know, he doesn't have the personality for that. Like, yeah, we were like, okay, that obviously makes sense. He does deserve the money, folks. Once again, we, we knock Aaron Rodgers. But we knock him on the greatness level, the GOAT level. We don't knock him at just regular quarterback level. The man's fantastic. We know this. 
once again, language and not doing everything binary, this or that. It's either this or it's that. It's not just this or that. Exactly with Aaron Rodgers, folks. It's not just this or that with them. We knock him and we're a little hard on him because we're talking about the greatest of all time, folks. Everything is not just black and white. If those are the two biggest takeaways on this show, folks, it's language and not everything is binary. Not everything is black and white, folks. Those are the two things I cannot stress enough. And those work for everything. It's not just the sports industry, folks. It's literally everything that you go and think about and just kind of everything that impacts your life. Watch the language and watch how they fit everything in either this or that. that. It's not like that, folks. We can have nuanced conversations. Y'all are smart. I know y'all are smart. Folks, I'm telling you, I watch everything y'all say. I'm watching you, yes? You think the government's watching you? No, no, no. It's me. (laughs) I'm the government. I'm watching. You don't have to worry about the government spying through your cameras. That's me. I'm... (laughs) I'm doing that, okay? Um... So just just please take it away. And I know it's a sports show, but everything ties in together, folks. That's why, and once again, I'm getting a little off track here, but that's why I hate when people say, oh, I hate, oh, it's just politics now. Everything is politics now. Well, they all go hand in hand. Everything intertwines in itself. Once again, stop having everything be binary. Oh, I want football and not politics. Obviously, nobody wants politics and everything because that's when people fight. And stop fighting over politics. Use your language to understand what, other people are saying and reevaluate your reevaluate your thinking and all that. Have true discussions. Y'all like to say you want conversations. Well, y'all are not having any conversations. I see the quote unquote conversations y'all are having. Those are not conversations. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> yeah, those are you just talking to somebody, getting out their bullet points, <laughs> their talking points out. That's not a conversation. <laughs> That's why when people attack Joe Rogan, I'm like, what are y'all talking about? The man is just having conversations out here. Y'all are, uh, but we are truly digressing here. We got to digress. Um, but either way, Aaron Rodgers, big old contract here, $150 million guaranteed, although they do save $18 million against the cap this season, so that's pretty good as well. But once again, it's not categorically false, Aaron Rodgers. So what is the next category? There was two categorically false, folks. Two people said this, categorically false. The first was Aaron Rodgers, proved not to be categorically false. A little bit of a half-truth, but still not categorically false. And with the NFL, Also saying, categorically false that they paid Brian Flores or attempted to pay, Stephen Ross attempted to pay Brian Flores $100,000 for every single loss. The NFL said that was categorically unfalse or categorically untrue, categorically false. So what is going to be the half truth there? Yes, they offered him the money, but he didn't take it. Is that going to be the half truth? Because that's the worst half truth you can say. So whatever the defense and the excuse of the NFL is going to be, uh, it's going to be a half truth because we know people use the charge language. We know nobody admits that they're wrong and all that. We know this. So Aaron Rodgers, classic Riddler, and uh, I'm still looking forward to Batman Brady beating him this season back in the NFC. So. And that's going to be a canvas, folks. Watch out for that because I'm about to make something. I'm going to try to make something in Photoshop that I think is going to turn out good. Just has to turn out good. And that's coming on the canvas, folks. Next season. Hopefully, uh, we'll probably unveil that um, a little bit closer. Obviously, we're still in the thick of it of the offseason. But uh, new canvases will probably go up in uh, August-ish. Maybe August. Wanted to get up. Uh, wanted to get up something else back here. So we'll see if we do anything else before then, but uh, August is probably when we'll unveil our new uh, sets behind us. New flag, three new canvases. Uh, we'll see how it happens, how it all works out, but it's coming, folks. Alrighty, so Air Rodgers getting paid money, folks. Love to see it. Alright, and then this story, because I... 
Folks, folks, y'all made me go manic again, and y'all were lucky it was not taking, uh, you know, place during the show. Y'all are lucky this news did not break during the show, because once again, y'all are being so disrespectful, folks, and you know, I don't mind disrespect here and there, playful disrespect, that's the disrespect we love, but this is just straight up disrespect, folks, this is mega disrespect, and once again, everybody doubling down, and I just don't see it at all, I cannot even grasp your thought process on thinking this so we get the Steelers signing Mitchell Trubisky yesterday to a two-year deal and everybody was saying oh Mason Rudolph needs to be the starter Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky did we not just see that folks Kevin Patra Kevin Patra has his hooks in everybody folks and I blame Kevin Patra because he's the first one that said this and now everybody's saying it as well Mitch Trubisky is way better than Mason Rudolph it's not even debatable folks so when you're thinking oh who should be the starter it's not even a debate why are you even having that thought it's not a thought we know it's Mitch Trubisky is better than Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph is the worst quarterback I have ever witnessed, folks. I do not mind being on record saying that. <clears throat> I would say that to his face. You are the worst quarterback in the NFL ever in the history of the NFL, folks. I would have no problem saying that to his face. Obviously, if I ever meet the man, I want to be cordial. I don't, I'm not going to just you know instantly bum rush him and be like, Mason, you're the worst quarterback of all time. I'd be cordial with him, and I'd probably pass it off, pass it off a little smurfy, you know, be like, oh, you know, Mason, you are truly trash. You know that? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that, but you know, Mitchell Trubisky, what the hell is going on with that? And the way that Matt Nagy was coaching, we don't even know if Mitchell Trubisky is that bad. We know he's not great. I think we can all agree that Mitchell Trubisky is not great. He's not fantastic. The biggest knock that we do have on Mitchell Trubisky is that he throws those red zone turnovers, and that's something that you cannot do. But the fact that he was still doing decent with Matt Nagy, I think that speaks volumes. Absolute volumes. Mason Rudolph couldn't get it done when he had the entire year to himself and learning from Mike Tomlin in that whole cast, whole cast of great wide receivers that he had. He couldn't even make it look good then. You're telling me he's going to make it look good now? No, stop it. But everybody wanted to say, Mitchell Trubisky's worse than Mason Rudolph. Everyone's like, well, why would you hire a second string and all that? And I'm just like, what are y'all saying? And even Vegas is in on this. And I don't understand why this happened, but the odds got worse for the Steelers when they signed Mitchell Trubisky. I don't know how much worse. I, I couldn't find the tweet with the exact numbers, but I do know uh, that uh, the odds got worse when they signed Mitchell Trubisky. Kind of saying, hey, if they rocked with Mason Rudolph, they'd be better. What? What? Am I? I feel like I'm in bizarro world, folks. Like, I, I put I put up a lot. I put up with a lot of stuff that y'all say, and I bite my tongue a lot, and I try to respectfully disagree, but this is just something that I'm like, I cannot even begin to think about thinking about saying that Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky. I don't even know what what is one thing Mason Rudolph's better at. Give me one thing. One little thing. It could be it could be even something not on the field. You find me one thing. That's your challenge. That's a challenge for y'all. Y'all tell me one thing Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky at. Please show me one thing cuz I can't even think of one thing. Football or not even football related. 
Mitchell Trubisky's better looking right off the rip. So what are we talking about here? Ah, oh, I just couldn't believe what I was seeing and hearing all day yesterday. I'm like, what are y'all saying? That Ma Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky? That you would rather have Mason Rudolph be the starter for your team instead of Mitch Trubisky, who was an actual starter and actually won a game and actually got into the playoffs? Ah, and that, folks, ah, so it got me re-hot again here, I did the same take that I did uh, to myself, because nobody was listening at the time, but it's just absolutely absurd, folks, it's truly just absolutely absurd, stop that, it's nonsense, it's nonsense, and I won't be a part of it, folks, um, now I really want Mitch Trubisky to be the starter, for the Steelers for the entire year and get into the playoffs and look good because I, I'm not going to let y'all live that down. Trust me. I told y'all earlier on the show, I'm watching you. It's not the government. It's me. Um, and I'm not letting y'all get off the hook of uh, still calling Mason Rudolph better than Mitchell Trubisky. So y'all are not getting on the hook. If you ever said Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky, you are on a list here and I will never let you live that down. So that, that's really all there is to it. So, Mitch Trubisky with the Steelers, fantastic. Um, and then he says this right here. This is by Mitch Trubisky. He says, quote, I am beyond excited and blessed for the opportunity to be a part of this Pittsburgh Steelers organization. I have tremendous respect for the Rooney family and Coach Tomlin. They have built one of the best rosters in football, and I can't wait to contribute and help this team continue their success. The only knock I have on Mitch Trubisky besides the red zone turnovers is like, this man is just boilerplate. <laughs> I mean, everything, every time he opens his mouth, is just straight up boilerplate. Even when we read that article by Kevin Patra, when he brought up the most blasphemous thing that you could ever say. Even then, Mitchell Trubisky was like, yeah, I like Dallas. Oh, yes, I like the Steelers. The Steelers are the black and the gold, and they're great. Yeah, it's just like, I don't think Mitchell Trubisky has a personality to him, which is truly unfortunate, but, uh, you know, you either got one or you don't, and I don't know if Mitchell Trubisky has one. So maybe, maybe that could be your argument. Mason Rudolph has a better personality than Mitchell Trubisky, but didn't Mason Rudolph get hit with the helmet by Mason Garrett? So I don't know if that personality is really working out for Mason Rudolph so anyway you slice it Mitchell Trubisky is better than Mason Rudolph and the next time somebody says it um I'm I may commit a crime I'll put it lightly I'm not gonna try to uh implicate myself but if you come up to me and say Mason Rudolph is better than Mitchell Trubisky you may go missing you may go missing and the police may be sniffing around the takes by fan studios that's all I'll say folks okay <clears throat> so Please stop with the disrespect, and it's not even, it's worse than disrespect, folks, and I don't even know what's worse than disrespect, um, but that's what that is. <laughs> Mason Rudolph is the worst thing. Uh, we're we're going to watch Mason Rudolph. We're going to watch him. We have no time in today's show or probably in the next couple of days, but I'm going to watch Mason Rudolph again. Obviously, we still have to watch Mitch Trubisky again, but I want to watch Mason Rudolph again just to laugh at this man and truly try to see what y'all are seeing, but uh, that's going to be a fun show because I'm, I'm, I'm going to rip on y'all hard because, once again, that's just too too wild to even say folks it's not even in the realm of thoughtful takes of, of on sports takes it's not even the realm of thinking folks so Mitchell Trubisky a Pittsburgh Steeler and I'm kind of liking it. I think it's solid solid we'll see how he plays this season um obviously I don't know if Super Bowl I don't know if that's on the table but you know solid wins maybe a playoff bid and we'll see if he catches fire Nick Foles caught fire folks anybody can catch fire except Mason Rudolph he's the only quarterback that will never be able to catch fire because he's the worst quarterback of all time 
All right. Uh, what else do we have time for? We got about six more minutes on the NFL news, and we got to do our algorithm and all that and then get out of here. Um, but let's quickly run through what has been going on here in free agency. So let's start at the quarterback position. Teddy Bridgewater signing with the Dolphins as a backup. One year, $6.5 million. That can turn into $10 million, I believe, with incentives. But yeah, I think that's a great backup here for the Dolphins. Um, obviously, Teddy Bridgewater is not going to be the starter. Let's nip that in the bud, folks. Mike McDaniel's all in on Tua and all that. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, always a solid backup like that. He can always come in and give you the opportunity to win a game, all, all of that. So a really gr good pick up here on the cheap. Nice uh, backup depth. Everybody's got to have a backup quarterback. Absolutely. And Teddy Bridgewater, I would say, is one of the better ones that you could get. All right, we talked about uh, Mitchell Trubisky signing with the Steelers. Colt McCoy re-signing with the Cardinals. Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer re-signing with the Patriots. Chase Daniel re-signing with the Chargers. And Chris Strevler re-signing with the Dolphins. So, you know, that's the third string that we'll never see any playing time. And we get Tim Boyle re-signing with the Lions. So, no real big quarterback news besides... Uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Teddy Bridgewater still looking at Marcus Mariota. Really want to see him get off of the Raiders so he has a chance to potentially be the starter somewhere. Really interested in how Marcus Mariota is looking now. Um, few, year, few years removed from being a starter and all that. I think the man can get it done. So watch for Marcus Mariota um, and where he goes. All right, running back-wise, uh, we get James Conner re-signing with the Cardinals, but but Chase Edmonds leaving the Cardinals and signing with the Dolphins on a two-year $12.6 million deal. So Dolphins getting another running back. Chase Edmonds is good, and we love the kind of dual threat running back by committee that the Cardinals had last season with James Conner and Chase Edmonds. But, you know, the Dolphins, they had some good court, uh, running back play. At the end of last season, but uh, Mike McDaniels wants his own stamp out here, and he's going with Chase McDaniels, so we'll see how he impacts this Dolphins team. Uh, we get J.D. McKissick signing with the Buffalo Bills, and he's very, very good, but is he going to be, you know, the guy here? Is he going to be better than Singletary and all that? Because really, that's all the Bills are missing, an elite running back. We like J.D. McKissick, not calling him elite, but uh, we'll see if he's able to just be good enough. To really just fit in with, you know, what the Bills are missing, and that is the running back. Uh, we have Tevin Coleman re-signing with the Jets and Michael Burton re-signing with the Chiefs. All right, now wide receiver news. Holy moly, here they all are. Devontae Adams is franchise tagged by the Green Bay Packers, but he said, hey, I'm not playing under the tag, and we just got Aaron Rodgers get paid all that money. We'll see what happens with that. That's the biggest story to watch, absolutely. Chris Godwin, franchise tag by the Bucks. We get Mike Williams re-signing with the Chargers. Talked about that. Michael Gallup re-signing with the Cowboys. Five years, $62.5 million. Once again, getting rid of Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb. That's your new number one and two. We'll see how that works out. I don't trust I don't trust CeeDee Lamb at the one. I could trust Michael Gallup at the two. I don't know if I trust Michael Gallup at the one, but it's really all going to depend on CeeDee Lamb. We'll see. Uh, we get Christian Kirk signing with the Jags. Jags made a ton of moves here, and uh, that's great. I mean, you got the new head coach here. Got to truly kind of uh, erase last season from the memory of Jaguars fans, and uh, the easiest way to do that is to spend money in free agency. The Jaguars fans are all eating it up, folks. I see a lot of them. And, uh, yeah, be optimistic. Absolutely some solid pieces here, but uh, everybody that they signed, I mean, these are all Tier 2 pieces. So you still need that Tier 1. They don't have that, and Trevor Lawrence is going to have to make that next step of elevating Tier 2s into higher uh, caliber receivers, and we'll see if he's able to do that. 
So, uh, Christian Kirk signing with the Lions. We get DJ Chark signing with the Lions. Christian Kirk signing with the Jags, excuse me. DJ Chark signing with the Lions. He was on the Jaguars. And if you had DJ Chark and added all these receivers, yeah, that's fine. Because DJ Chark is your number one. But now you just lost your number one. And I don't know if Christian Kirk can be the number one. But they paid him like a number one. They gave that man four years, $72 million. Oh, my goodness. All right, then we get Cedric Wilson signing with the Dolphins. So, you know, this Cowboys team that had all these great receivers on their team and a lot of depth at the wide receiver position, they're losing Amari Cooper, losing, losing Cedric Wilson. So now, you know, I'm telling you, I do not see any optimism for this Cowboys team. I think they're way worse than what they were last year. And once again, we got the prediction of 3-14. and 14. I absolutely hate them losing all these receivers. Dak was not even that great with these great wide receivers. So what is he going to do without these great wide receivers? Uh, probably a lot worse. What do we get with this Cowboys defense that's now exposed because teams have an entire year of tape on them? That's the hardest thing to replicate. Great defenses year in and year out. Once again, Legion of Boom, only like four great years. All the players individually were great, but all together, only really four years of greatness. Then it breaks up. Dan Quinn has a history of not showing anything more than one year. I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, I'm telling y'all, stay away from betting the Cowboys right now, folks. Stop with the futures of betting the Cowboys winning so many games in the playoffs and all that. They're not going to win anything, folks. I, I'm really big-time nervous for this Cowboys team. All right, we get uh, Zay Jones signing with the Jags as well. Once again, Tier 2 receiver. Uh, Braxton Berrios re-signing with the Jets, and that's fantastic. We love Braxton Berrios. Once again, a little bit of a Debo Samuel type who can kind of play the wide back position. This is what we wanted. Uh, we saw him catch fire the last three, four games for the Jets here. And we really think this is kind of the move the offense for the Jets should be making. Zach Wilson, good athlete, big arm. Braxton Berrios, in and out quickly. Use him kind of gadgetly. Screen passes, all that. But use the speed to your advantage. Use the athleticism to your advantage here. And I'm glad that Braxton Berrios is back with the Jets on a two-year, $12 million deal. Alan uh, Lazard, tendered by the Packers. Matthew Slater re-signing with the Patriots and Preston Williams re-signing with the Dolphins. Quickly here, uh, for the tight ends, we know uh, Mike Kosicki was tagged by the Dolphins. Dalton Schultz tagged by the Cowboys. Zach Ertz re-signing with the Cardinals, three years, $31 million. Once again, sending a message to Kyler Murray. Uh, Cardinals are paying everybody, coaches, tight ends, except Kyler Murray because Kyler Murray is you know, making a little bit of a stink here. We'll see how that works out. We get the Jaguars also signing Evan Ingram. Solid tight end, but you know hasn't really proved himself over the last couple of years. We get CJ Uzama leaving the Bengals and signing with the Jets. Real interesting there. Jeff Swaim signing with the Titans. And um, that's kind of all the big news here. Um, there was a corner. Who was the corner? Uh, the safety here. Let me see if I can get to this. This will be the last one we talk about. Then we move on to uh, March Madness here. But um, the Chiefs potentially moving off of Tyron Matthew, which we believe is an interesting choice. But, uh, yeah, the uh, who, who got uh, the Chiefs just signed a safety. Here we go. Justin Reed to a three-year, $31 million deal. So it's pretty much assuming that they're going to let Tyron Matthew walk here, folks. And uh, once again, folks, I am big-time obsessed with Tyron Matthew. He's fantastic. Once again. Uh, y'all, you know, I didn't have the, you know, takes by fans. I didn't have the show around when Tyra Matthew was coming in the draft and all that. But, um, you know, I'm on record on my personal account. 
saying that Tyron Matthew is a first-round pick. And, uh, you know, in 2019, I got the tweet right here from my personal account before we started the show. I said, I just want Tyron Matthew on the Dolphins. Now I got to wait three years for another chance. And this was March 11th of 2019. Three years are here. They're not resigning them. So if Tyron Matthew goes to the Dolphins, baby, I cannot wait. That'd be fantastic. And that's exactly what I want to see. But Tyron Matthew going anywhere, he immediately impacts the team. He's a leader. He's a workhorse. He's a great defender. And he's the heart and soul of any defense here. That's why I'm surprised the Chiefs are letting him go. But they're going to be rocking with uh, Justin Reed instead. So we'll see if that's any upgrade. I don't think so. But we'll see how they play. All right, so that's most of the free agency news that over the last uh, kind of day, day and a half here. Uh, and we'll check breaking news in a moment here. But let's close out the show here. We've got to test our algorithm for March Madness. And uh, we've got two play-in games tonight uh, that impact that will impact, uh, you know, the last four into the round of 64. So the two matchups of the play-in games, we've got Texas A&M versus Texas Southern, and then we also have Indiana versus Wyoming. So let's run these matchups through our algorithm. Let's see who we think's going to win, who the algorithm think is going to win. Let's see if we can make a little bit of money on betting it if the spread is right. And uh, but the biggest thing is making sure that this algorithm is ready to go by third or really kind of by tomorrow uh, when we fill out our entire bracket. So let's go over these play in games here. Let's go to Texas A&M. We'll do the first one up here first. Tipping off at 640 on True TV. Texas A&M at Texas Southern. Well, not at because they're all on neutral fields, neutral courts. Y'all know what we mean. But let's get this loaded into our algorithm here and see what it spits out and who's going to win this first matchup. So we got Texas Southern versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M, Tennessee, TCU, Texas Southern, Texas Tech, Texas, Vermont. All right, well, what the heck is Texas A&M? Texas A&M, here it is at the very bottom. Okay, but uh, we have a winner here. All righty, our algorithm says that Texas A&M is going to win by 11, that they win 53-42. to 42. Wow, oh, wow. And this is a little bit of an upset here because Vegas has this line at Texas Southern minus 3.5. So Texas A&M plus 3.5, folks. I think that is the play. Algorithm going with an upset on game number one, folks. I mean, this is the true Texas. All righty, but we're calling the upset Texas A&M over Texas Southern. All righty, so Texas A&M plus three and a half. Take that, bet that tonight, and let's see what you can parlay it with when we load Indiana and Wyoming into our algorithm. So let's get these two teams loaded in here, Indiana and Wyoming. Here we go. And we have Indiana winning this one, 39 to 31, lower scoring game here. Defense is going to prevail, but Indiana wins by eight, 39 to 31, and it's Indiana minus four. So we've got an upset, we've got a favorite, both covering the spreads here. Indiana minus four, Texas A&M plus three and a half. Let's see what we can. Uh, what, what do we bet this on? Uh, let's go here. DraftKings, let's load this up one last time before I get rid of these. Nets minus 10.5. Pacers plus 7.5 now going up a little bit. And Suns minus 4.5. All right. 
But here we go. Texas A&M Corpus Christi at plus three and a half. And we are going Indiana minus four. Four. Where's Indiana? Indiana minus four. There it is. All right. So nice two-teamer right here at plus 256. You put 100 on it. You're walking away with 356, but, uh, folks. You win 256. Get your 100 back. Roll that 100 bucks into tomorrow's action. Based on our algorithm, folks, our algorithm does not lie, folks. We've got the pre-preview. Win two of two on the conference championships. And now our first real look at it, we're taking Texas A&M plus three and a half in Indiana minus four. Our algorithm knows all, folks. Our algorithm knows all. All righty, folks, that is going to do it for us today. We are back live tomorrow, noon Eastern, when we fill our, our entire bracket based on our algorithm. Hopefully, it's good to go. We may have to tweak it. Last second tweaks. This is our last ability to watch these games. What do we watch? What stood out? What should we be weighing more based on these two playing games? And then we got to commit to the algorithm, finalize the algorithm, and work through the bracket to crown our winner. That's all coming up tomorrow on the show. We'll also break down the NBA quickly, bet the NBA quickly, and we will break down any big news that comes out of NFL free agency as we are still chugging along on that front. Okay, Broncos are signing defensive end Randy Gregory to a five-year, $70 million deal. I mean, the Chargers beefing up their defense, getting Khalil Mack. Randy Gregory to the Broncos. I mean, defense wins championships, and now all these teams have great quarterbacks and great defenses. Man, oh man, next season's going to be interesting. Absolutely. Alrighty. We are going to get out of here, folks. That's going to do it for us today. Bills are uh, signing J.D. McKissick. We did talk about that. Alrighty, uh, Ravens re-signing Marcus or signing Marcus Williams. A nice safety there. Ravens defense being solid, like it was last year, but the injuries and uh, injury to uh, Lamar Jackson also hurt them last season as well. Alrighty, folks, we are gonna get out of here. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We're back live tomorrow noon Eastern, doing it all again, filling out our bracket based on our algorithm, and hopefully the algorithm is good tonight. Alrighty, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Have an absolute great one, and we'll see you back here noon Eastern, folks. Be here or be square, and don't be square, folks. Who wants to square? You want to square? You want to be a square? Who wants to be a square? Don't show up tomorrow if you want to be a square, but I don't mess with squares, folks, okay? Circles only. All right, folks, we are out of here.